It's the two-for-one Monday night acid bonanza, and we've got all the bases covered. Plus, it is the week two NFL Elite Eight. We have so many fun things to get to. Let's get after it. Let's not waste any time here on the Educated Ignorance Podcast. Serving the Quad Cities area since 1973, and with over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. This family-owned business has you covered on all your needs. Protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services. Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309 786 6715. We are going to discuss both of the Monday night games. We had a fun two degree night. Uh, the games were a bit weird. The first game, not too memorable, but we definitely enjoyed it and we definitely had ourselves some entertainment. We're going to talk about both of those night games. And then, of course, we are going to get to the week two Elite Eight. Uh, Buckle up because we've got some we've got some jumping. Only one new team, but we'll get there. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna get to all of that. Um, want to thank everybody watching. Thank our sponsors presenting the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network, Durham Remodeling, uh, as well as Ryan Allison Tattoo. You will hear from them throughout the night. Okay, just us. Here we go. Let's sit back and relax. You know, let's steal some bits from the football lounge, kick your feet up, all that good stuff. Shout out to Mark and Dan. Whew, let's have some fun and uh, let's get after it. Let's talk some ball. to the Four Frequency Sake Network. A night that needed to be more positive than last week, and man, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get it. I'm not as down as I was last week, but I am sad, and I want to start this off by saying everyone hope that Nick Chubb is okay. Obviously, you know he's not, but man. That was that looked like the Patrick Willis injury. That looked like Marshawn Lattimore or Marcus Lattimore, not the guy that's the corner for the Saints, old South Carolina running back when he got his knee blown out. That was really tough. That was really sad. And um, Chubb's a great dude and a great player, and no one deserves that. So that <clears throat> that we've had two straight Monday nights and two absolute superstars have got hurt. And in this game tonight, there were insane injuries. Like there were guys getting hurt all over the place. <sighs> so it's just tough, but we're going to push on and we're going to hope that those guys are all okay. We know that Chubb, uh, Nick's season's definitely done, but just hope that it's nothing too serious. It's the same knee that he blew out in Georgia. Um, but on a somber note, I wanted to start it off by. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just I wanted to start with that and hope that he's okay. 
Okay, let's actually talk about this game. What a dumb game it was. The Steelers get their pitching wedge from the 2006 Chicago Bears playbook out and win this game. They get to one and one. I there are just red flags everywhere. Let's I guess we start with the winners. You're first on the tee box. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if I was a Steelers fan how I'd feel. I'd be extremely happy that you won. I'm always a man of the, you know, you never ask how, you ask how many variety. Always have been and always will be. But, dude, I mean, if you take away a 70-yard touch, or what was it? That that touchdown from to Pickens. Take a, if you take away a 71-yard touchdown on like just a on a quick hitting explosive, the Steelers' offense is beyond anemic. And Kenny Pickett, I know. Again, the Browns. Here's here's what I will say: the Browns' defense is great. Their defense is awesome. If they're if all of their guys that kind of got nicked up tonight are okay, Denzel Ward. Greg Newsom did come back. Um, it looks like they it looked like they had another guy that kind of got tweaked. Zedarius Smith. If all those guys are fine and they just have all their guys on the defensive end, they are deep and they are loaded. And their defense is top five, top ten level. Steelers is as well. Do not get me wrong. But the the their offense, their offensive line isn't good. Najee Harris is bad. He, he uh their Jalen Warren is he's all right. Their receivers don't have much juice. Pickens is solid, but, you know, his biggest moment tonight was obviously that explosive, and he showed what he could do with the ball in his hands. You take that away, it's I, – I hate being the, oh, look what happens when you take explosive plays away guy because if you did that with every team, then that's all looking like shit. But for the Steelers, it's just the context – that Pickett still looked bad, and he looked really bad. He's dissecting stuff too slow. He's just kind of making or, – or, or it's either that or at times he's making up his mind on where he wants to go, and he's just – it doesn't matter, you know, where guys are at, what the coverage is. He's just going to throw it there. That's what happened on the first picky through – or on the picky through. Um, So it's not good. The Steelers' offense is a bit of a catastrophe. I'm excited if I was their defense. I think this defense is legit. I think when I felt good about the Steelers this year, I, I knew what this defense would be. My thought was that their offense would at least just kind of keep up, and right now I have no faith that their offense can keep up. So the fact that they won this game tonight is wild <laughs> and hilarious. They should feel insanely lucky that they got it because I don't think they deserved it. Um, this was, this was a bad one for the Browns to give up. And I I think if you're the Browns, this is one where if you miss the playoffs, because I think that there's a reason that I took all the overs in this division. I think all of them will either be at 10 wins or 11 wins, or at least be hanging around 500. I just don't feel like there's much of a gap between the four teams in this division for the regular season. Now, I think the Bengals eventually will get better. That's my thought. But then again, who knows? And maybe the Ravens have some more juice than I anticipated. We'll talk about them later. But for the Browns, if they finish 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight in a game out of the playoffs, tonight's a night where they're going to look back on and be like, damn, we, we missed one. Tonight was an absolute no-doubter. You have to have, in the, the way the game played out, you have to have it. And they couldn't get out of their own way. The first play of the game, pick six, because Harrison Bryant can't catch a simple out route. Uh, uh, just insanity that he turns, Watson hits him right in the fucking face. It bounces off his hands, and Highsmith picks it off and houses it. The Njoku fumble is hilarious. That's terrible. Uh, after they pick up a first down, then they get hit with two uh, two penalties. It's just wild. Um, the strip sack, the, the the Deshaun fumble in the first quarter, I don't think even came out to much, but like 
whatever. That wasn't a good one. But and the the strip sack. Maybe Deshaun should have checked out of it. I don't know, but they couldn't pick up a blitz all night. And anytime the Steelers stunted up front or did some sort of games, uh, or I guess the same thing, stunted with stunted with their D linemen or brought delayed br- pl- pressure or overloaded a side, the the Browns had nothing. They couldn't pick it up with the backs. They couldn't sl- switch with the linemen. They couldn't slide. They had no idea where anything was coming from. And Watson. Did all he could, but here's the biggest problem for the Browns. And as much as I do like him, the player, I love him, the player. I adored what he was. Deshaun doesn't have the juice that he used to have. He does not have the the pop. I don't know what happened. I don't know if missing a year and a half or whatever, just like, I don't know what it was. Did he lift too much weights? He looks kind of thicker than he did. Um, He looks in good shape, but he just, he definitely doesn't have the, more out frail is the wrong word, but he definitely was more slim when he was in Houston. Houston Texans Deshaun Watson was one of the five best quarterbacks alive. We saw him improve at the end of the year last year, but to start uh to start this season, it's not been good. Brian even said the two face mask penalties. Yeah, the first one, the second one wasn't as bad, but it definitely does seem like when he goes for those stiff arms, he's trying to get away from it. From it, but that was where I was said they that was what led to the Ninjoku play. They got the first down with Ford on third and one at the plus like 35. On that first down run, they got a hold, and then the next play, they got a face mask with Watson. And then the next play, they they you know, Ninjoku fumbles. It's just they couldn't get out of their own way all night. And Deshaun does not have the speed he used to have. He doesn't have the pop that he used to have. I, I don't. He. I thought he played well tonight. I thought there were a couple plays that guys just didn't make. A la the first play of the game where, again, Harrison Bryant, the ball goes right off your face, basically. What are you doing? Elijah Moore had two sideline throws that Deshaun put it only where he could get it. And Elijah Moore just said, eh, getting both feet down in bounds is overrated. I don't why be a professional? Why do that? Who who wants to do that? That doesn't sound fun. Um I thought Deshaun played pretty well for the most part. But the biggest problem that he has from now compared to where he was before the suspension. He does just he just doesn't have the he doesn't have the electricity. The juice to his game is gone. So where that puts him on the quarterback hierarchy, probably in the mid-teens. You'd take him over most. I'd take him over any of the QBs we saw tonight. But then again, that's not saying much. I also don't know if I would... I also don't think I'm a fan of the way the Browns' offense works. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you all on that one. I'll have to deep dive into more Browns games. Brian says Buck and Aikman. What about Buck and Aikman? Are Buck and Aikman the Monday night curse, though? That's a great. I, I don't think that this isn't the question he's asking. He's just saying Buck and Aikman. I love Buck and Aikman. They, Buck and Aikman make Monday night football electric. Um, But the last five Monday night games that they've called, four Monday night games they've called, the DeMar Hamlin game, Tom Brady's last game, Aaron Rodgers, Achilles, Nick Chubb's leg. Bad vibes. Bad vibes, Buck, and asshole Aikman. Aikman just hates bad quarterback play. And that make that's what makes him special. Critical of Watson. Yes, they were. And rightfully so. That uh, and that the way they actually at least Aikman. Buck Buck is just kind of snarky and it's funny. <laughs> but the way the stuff that Aikman does to criticize quarterbacks like the fact he does that and other guys don't go watch the the game on Sunday night. Chris Collinsworth is over here, like double swirly glug glug 5,000ing Mac Jones for hitting checkdowns. When Mac Jones is like the 23rd best quarterback in the NFL, it's like this. Now here's this Mac Jones guy. And man, this no huddle off. He hits him with the,
this Mac Jones guy and this no huddle offense. And again, remember, as we said last night, whenever anybody says in the NFL, I wish this quarterback ran a no huddle more, it means your quarterback's bad. <laughs> we didn't get that tonight, but regardless, guys like Collinsworth and Romo, they don't say anything about anybody. Aikman is great because he doesn't give a shit. And it's funny. Okay. Where to go from here from these two teams? Let's do a quick little schedule look ahead because, I, you know, everyone loves a good little schedule look ahead. The Steelers. Oh, yeah. The Raiders next Sunday night. Man, that game's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough one to get through, but it's going to be so funny. It's going to be Pickett and Garoppolo just throwing my like they're just going to be blind. They're going to be bird box dart throwing uh, bird box throwing darts at each other back and forth. Um, the, then they get the Texans. So that's nice. So listen, you could roll out of bed in a couple weeks and somehow find your way to two to three and one after two disastrous games. Let's be real. The Niners game was a black hole and tonight you should have lost, but the fact that you could find a way to get to three and one in two weeks, you should take it. And the, and the Browns Titans next week. That's a tough one. And then the Ravens. And then the Niners. Ugh. Man, tonight would have been nice to get. It just would have been nice to get. I. It's not that I don't have any more faith in them, but man. Um, it's just, it's not going to be easy. It won't get easier from here. All right, let's move on to the other Monday night game. This game was not fun uh, to me, but, and we didn't pay it. We weren't deep. We weren't. We didn't have our hooks into it like we did to this the, the second game. Let me double check. Next week's doubleheader. Oh, baby. The two games next week, we are going to be fucking locked, locked in on. I hope Buck and Aikman are at the Rams-Bengals game because that game is mega Super Bowl rematch from two years ago. Uh, but, yeah, the Bucks eagles game could be eh, but I think the Bucks are going to get they're going to get bent over the knee and they're going to get worked like a Daisy Dukes employee. Uh, you know, it's going to be nasty. So people are going to someone on Twitter, the artist formerly known as Twitter the other night tried to, or last night tried to be like, are they some, this guy today said Baker's the best quarterback in the NFC South. Eh. And then he was, which doesn't mean much, I guess anyway. And then he was like, Baker's an average quarterback. They're fine. I'm like, um, yeah, I know he, he's not, he's really bad. Um, anyway, the NFC South is a, is a disaster, uh, for the most part, though. I love the Falcons. Um, I think the Bucks stink and I think the saints are very average. Don't. Okay. Are the saints, the imposter among us, um, of the two and O teams? No, I think that's the bucks. Are they second? Maybe their defense is nice. Uh, I, I like that, but their offense isn't doesn't leave much. It leaves a little to be desired. Here's the thing that everyone's going to tell you for the next week about the New Orleans Saints. They're going to sit up here in grandstand and tell you how great their defense is, and tell you how good they are, and how they're the best team in the NFC South, and. People with platforms like the Ringer, who also tweeted out how the Patriots got jobbed last night, um, even though while tweeting out a picture of the dude who the lineman who caught the ball being literally half a yard short. So while saying he got jobbed, that also means the guy who runs the Ringer NFL Twitter page with a blue check mark doesn't understand the rules of basic football. I digress. I'm sorry. Sorry for the tangent. Anywho. People with flat platforms are going to tell you how the Saints are good and blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to them, okay? Um, we're not going to listen to them all year. We're just not. Um, I don't think the Saints are good at all. I don't believe it. I don't think Carr Car looked bad again today, but, hey, man, congrats. You're playing one of the four worst teams, five worst teams in the league. Uh, their, their defense has good players. Yes, they have a solid system. Dennis Allen is a bad coach, but – He's a decent defensive coach. Here is the reality. They played the Titans, who have the worst offensive line in the league, and Tannehill turned into a CIA agent in that game. 
And tonight they played the Panthers, who have the one of the other worst O-lines in the league. And they played the Panthers, who have the worst weapons in the league and a rookie quarterback. And the probably, let's be honest, the most overrated coach in the National Football League? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Just saying. I think Bryce Young's fine. Frank Reich isn't good. I think he's overrated. Um, I also think that when you look at the Panthers as a whole, their offense is disgusting because Thielen stinks. He's not fast anymore. Uh, they don't have anybody on their offense wide receiver-wise that pops. Miles Sanders is kind of just a – Miles Sanders is a jag plus of an NFL running back, just another guy. And their old line, like I said, is a disaster. So every time Young drops back, it is it is a five-star fire that they have to put out every time that man takes a snap. So here's the reality of it. The Panthers are going to be terrible. I came to this conclusion today. What made the Panthers think they were a quarterback away? On what planet? I didn't talk about the redacteds from the from Northern uh, Illinois yesterday because I didn't want to waste my breath on them. But their general manager might get fired. He probably should. But I will say this. The one reason that he shouldn't is because that dude took the Panthers behind the woodshed. Shout out to horrible bosses. He bent them over the barrel and sh- bent them over a barrel and showed them the 50 states, the seven seas, the whatever, however many amount of continents, how many ever amount of countries, the solar system, the fake planet that is Pluto, all of Saturn's rings, Jupiter's moon, my iPhone, this headset, Danny's dog, Danny's beard, my dog's toys. He showed him all of those things. How on earth do you get DJ Moore, who's a good receiver? And next year's number one. Like, what is me? What on earth is making you feel like you should give those up to move up? Be like, yeah, we're a quarterback away, man. When they're when you look at the roster they have, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yikes! Shout out to Ryan Poles, I guess. If you're still the general manager of that team up there next week or next year. It's because you took the Panthers GM to school. It's just a fact. Like, you know what would you know it would be nice for the Panthers to have right now? For Bryce Young, DJ Moore. Now, granted, people will say, and this might be true, that the Bears wanted Brian Burns or Derek Brown. They're two D linemen. Burns the edge rusher. Go Knowles, who, by the way, where's number zero now? And that kind of just makes him that uh, like a little bit better. Let's be real. And then Derek Brown, their D-tackle. Bears wanted those guys first. Panthers balked and said, you can have DJ Moore. All right. Nice consolation prize. But regardless, the Bears literally got one of their three best players. And next year's one. The, the redacteds. I'm not calling them what I just called. The redacteds got that. Wild. It's wild. I, I would just love to be in the war room. And again, it's not, this has nothing to do with Bryce Young. This has everything to do with organizational co- competency. I just want to be in that room to listen to the conversations that say, yeah, let's trade our two of our four biggest assets that we have to get to move up to get a quarterback that then we have nothing for him for a year. And then when we have nothing for him and we then have a bottom five record, we don't, we can't use said bottom five pick to either trade back in a loaded draft class with quarterbacks to get more assets or get one of those assets that are top five pick worthy. Insane, insane behavior by the Carolina Panthers. Just insane. And tonight made me realize that so much. Like I knew it already, but to a degree, but I had never thought about it. I get, but I guess for me, why it just kind of hit me all of a sudden tonight, I never thought of it from their side. I only ever thought of it from the side of the redacteds because I'm a fan of them. And I thought, man, what a move. 
What an absolute move. But as a, if I was a fan of the Panthers, dude, you're not close. Like, you're not close at all. And the the Bryce could be good. I, I like what he's got. But geez Louise, brother, it's not pretty. It's very, very not pretty. Like, will there there's no way they win five games. Like they'll win five, maybe. I'd set their over under at five and a half right now. Um <laughs> it's just not it's just not good. Man, let me think here. Yeah, Seahawks. Seahawks is going to be an L. Panther or Vikings should be an L. Lions, Dolphins. They're not going to be able to block any of them. And D'Amico, then they play the Texans. D'Amico did all he could against the Colts, but Steichen's a G. D'Amico's going to shove Frank Reich in a locker. Oh, man. Panthers, it's going to be ugly for a bit with them. And I feel bad for them because I do love Bryce. But, man, what an organizational disaster that is. All right. So that those are our takes for the first two games of the night or for the two games from the night is the Steelers are one and one, which, hey, man, we again, we don't ask how. We ask how many in this business. But just know, just know we know. So we hope you know. Red flags. The Browns, man, if I was a Browns fan, I don't sleep tonight. <laughs> That's the type of loss that keeps me up for, for a while. The Saints, enjoy being 2-0. Enjoy being 2-0. Uh, none of us believe you're good. Well, that's false. A lot of dorks are going to think you're good, but I don't. But what am I, right? Who am I? And then the Panthers. That's what I would do. NFL Week 2, Elite 8. Next. Hate mowing? Need your lawn or business landscaped? Having trouble with an unruly yard that your neighbors hate? Yard Barbers LLC is your hookup. Mowing, weeding, edging, trimming, aerating, fertilizing, haul away, they can do it all. And they aren't just good for your summertime yard blues. They work all year long, and you can get signed up for their winter services for that annoying snow and ice removal. Find Yard Barbers on Facebook at Yard Barbers LLC. Send them an email at yardbarbersqc at g- For fantasy's sake has teamed up with Route 96 Boutique to raise a little more cash for Toys for Tots this season. From September 10th until the end of November, 10% of all purchases made with Route 96 on Sundays will be donated to us for our Toys for Tots drive. At Route 96, they believe in girl power. They want a place that people of all shapes and sizes can shop and feel empowered and beautiful. They want you to be the best you possible, and they are committed to bringing you different styles while also providing some basics to express the true you. You can find them on Facebook and at Route96Boutique.com. All right, enough bullshit. Let's get real, son. It's time for the Week 2 NFL Elite 8, brought to you by Yard Barbers LSC, LLC. You can find them uh, at Yard Barbers LLC on Facebook, as well as... Hold on, let me pull it up here. Do, 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 do. You can find them at, uh, you can send them an email at yardbarbersqc at gmail.com. Shoot them a text at 309-235-1595. It rained this weekend a lot, so I know some of them yards are looking pretty, but they're probably getting long, so you're going to need to cut them. Call up my, call up our boys at Yard Barbers. Um, they are going, to, they can hook you up right now and uh, get you all ready to go uh, as we head towards the uh, fall Season. All right. It is time for the NFL Week 2 Elite 8. Nick says, or Brian says, don't blow it. Brian, what do you mean don't blow it? Do you have, you don't have faith in your boy here that I'm going to get this absolutely right? Spot on. Eight for eight. Okay. We'll see. Okay. 
Number eight, let's start it off. You didn't think I was going to drop them because they lost to one of the best teams in the league, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars are num- come in at number eight. Um, only one team dropped. I'm sure you can guess who. It was the Bengals. No spoil. We're not going to just leave you hanging. One team is in. We'll get to them here in a moment. The Jacksonville Jaguars at number eight. Here is the reason to stay. I feel like the offense will be fine. I've loved what their defense has done in the first two weeks of the season. Um, I, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, my apologies. Just wanted, I was trying to hit this. All right. So the first two weeks of the season, their defense is bowed up against the Colts in an awkward spot against a coach that's really creative and an offense that's kind of funky. And then against the Chiefs, they play really well. I thought they, they beat up the Chiefs O-line, which is pretty good, at least the interior. And then the uh, I thought they did a good job of coverage. They weren't great in scramble drill, but listen, against the Chiefs, once it turns into backyard ball, I mean, who really is? I think the Jags are going to be okay. I still trust this offense a lot. They had some weird plays that they just couldn't get breaks of, and it was probably one of the few bad Doug Peterson games you'll see. I don't have any worries about the Jags at all. They get the Texans, who I do feel decent about with what they're doing, but again, but the Texans are just so far off from everybody else. The Jags, this isn't a get-right game, but the Jags should be able to get back to, to win their winning ways this week, and I expect their offense due to have a nice explosion where Trevor really gets going. Jags at eight, even though they did get beat. Number seven, man, we haven't talked about these guys much yet. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, tip of the cap to the Baltimore Ravens. Leak one, it looked a little weird, and it still it doesn't look much different, but I will say this, whatever they're doing with Todd Munkin and whatever they've been doing to, to kind of work through the kinks of their offense, man, Lamar Jackson's dialed in, guys, and they are still running the ball well. They're missing everyone yesterday <laughs> to a degree. Dobbins out for the year. They're missing Humphrey. They're missing Staley. They're missing some guys on the D-line. It's a plethora of injuries on this roster. And they come out yesterday in Cincinnati and they look the part and get the win. And the Raven and Lamar, again, like Lamar looks good. They're able to spread the ball out. The He's finding everybody. He's making throws. It was, it's, Lamar reminded us yesterday why he is such a pain in the ass to play and the Ravens are legit. And I think that the more we get through this season and the Ravens offense can continue to evolve a bit and just be able to still be balanced and Lamar not have to be as you don't have to be as dependent on him when it comes to being a sole focal point of playmaking because they have dudes on the outside, too. The, fa- the fact that they were able to get a guy like Nelson Aguilar to be their fourth best receiver. The 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 Zay Flowers pick, I mean, goodness gracious, what a find. He is all that and then some. Zay Flowers, what an absolute gem in the draft. There's a reason that Boston College gave him millions in NIL to stay there instead of go to a Power 5 school. There's a reason that he was a first-round pick like he was, even though you're like, why is this Boston College wide receiver going round one? Zay Flowers is the man and is an absolute electric factory. Uh, this Ravens team is legit, and Lamar yesterday kind of gave us a reminder of, yeah, guys, hey, don't forget about me. I'm a huge fan of what they did yesterday. Very impressive. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Number six, the Detroit Lions. A bit of a step back. Um, from yes, just they just weren't able to get it done. Credit the Seahawks in in a desperate spot. The Seahawks, if I had to do the top ten, the Seahawks would probably be ninth or tenth for me um, at the moment. Spoiler alert: they're obviously not in the list. Um, that that's let me see. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's probably where they'd be. Them and the the Falcons and the Rams are on are right on the outside, but I've I'm a proponent of what they're doing. The 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 Lions. I thought Jared Goff played really well. I thought the Seahawks just did a really good job of getting them into mismatched opportunities and making them play in spaces that they weren't comfortable with, and also playing in personnel that they weren't comfortable with. And that's gonna that is gonna be something that we try to see throughout the year is. 
I don't think the Seahawks, I don't think many teams other than the Seahawks have the guys to do it. But for instance, they play the Falcons this week and the Falcons have just a multitude of weapons all over the place. Can the Falcons personnel the Lions into certain spots to where they don't have enough good guys on the field? The problem for the Lions right now is their linebackers aren't great. I try to tell my friend Mac this all the time. Their linebackers are not that good. They're, they're slow and they don't do well in space. And the Seahawks play action them to death on Sunday. And they get they got a little bit dinged on the in the secondary, which were which listen, CJ Gardner Johnson got away with the first one, not this time. He had the knee injury in camp and he dodged the bullet, but he looks like he tore his peck on Sunday and his season might be done. And you hate to see that because I love him. I really do like him a lot. But I want to see if they can handle the style that the Falcons run on Sunday. That's going to be a very tough matchup for them. But if they can do well against that, then I will be my faith will be even more restored in what they can do. Um, the Seahawks just kind of outgun them in certain spots, and Goff made one mistake. Um, the 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 pick six that you know on a day where Goff really played exceptionally well, uh, the one mistake was the difference, honestly. And also, if I'm not mistaken, they also gave up like a weird ass scoop and score. If I'm not, you know, the interception. No, it was just that one. Okay. The interception touchdown to make it 31 21. Look, the one mistake he made. It turns into it turned into uh and the oh I guess yeah they fumbled on the first play of the second half. It gave them a short field. Montgomery had it knocked out. That led to a touchdown and then the pick six. So those were <coughs> the, like the Lions, I think are gonna be fine. Just a couple weird plays. And the Seahawks had to win and they they did a great job and got it done. Number five, the Eagles. I, listen, I think the Eagles are pulling back from what they were last year, but I do think we also need to, to stop acting like the Eagles are completely screwed. Uh, listen, they have a new coordinator, <laughs> and they're trying to figure it out. A guy made a great analogy the other day. If if if, And I'll steal it from him. If me, myself, who I think I'm a, a decent cook, if I made a, a, a dish up against Gordon Ramsay, right, the goat himself, the – the idiot sandwich nighter himself. If I went one v one versus him in the kitchen, and but we and we use the same ingredients and have the same sheet on how we're going to make it, it's going to be different. You know what I'm saying? My version of a chicken parm is probably going to be ver wor worse and also different than his style of a chicken parm, just because you know there's levels to it. The Eagles' offense is going to pull back and be different when you lose one of the. I, again, I cannot state it enough. We're going to do everything we can on this podcast to talk nice and boost up Shane Steichen, the court, the H, the new head coach of the Col Colts, who was the OC of the Eagles last year. He's already one of the 10 best coaches in the NFL, and this Eagles offense is going to miss him. That is well known, and that's easy to know. And that's okay. They're going to figure it out eventually. The off the passing game has just not clicked in the first couple weeks. The run game, though, look, they found out still that when needed, they can just hand the ball off and lean on a defensive line and still be fine. They're going to be okay. They have too many good players on offense. Pe people need to stop worrying, like, why are the Eagles not good? Listen, man, they're going to be fine. Also, they're D linemen. Turns out those Georgia kids, not bad. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, pretty good. Um, yeah, so they're going to be okay. Listen, we, they're going to pull back from last year. We all know it. They just have to be healthy and good. I, I'm again, I hate doing this, but let me pull up their schedule just for the fact that there's a spot in their schedule where the games, like it starts to ramp up. So they play the bucks and the commanders Those are two dubs Rams. That'll be a good game. Now, Jets, the deal overwhelm them. Then the Dolphins. So here we go. At week six against the or week seven against the Dolphins, nine against the Cowboys, week 10 against the Chiefs, then the Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, uh, before the final three is Giants, Cardinals, Giants. So those three teams are trash or three games will be pretty 
easy to end the year, but that's that like middle. That's like that second third of the season. You play in a two month stretch, Miami, uh, to Washington, Dallas, KC, Buffalo, San Francisco at Dallas at Seattle. That's a eight week. That's a two month stretch. They have to get there healthy. They have to get there, you know, unscathed and ready to rock. That's when we're going to learn where the Eagles are on like a hierarchy amongst other contenders. Until then, they're just kind of going to be hanging around in here unless they either have a way a better win than expected, like looks wise, or they have a loss that we don't expect them to have. Like if they lose to the Bucks next Monday, then they probably drop just because it's like, well, that probably shouldn't happen. Or, you know, maybe Baker's just the MVP now. <laughs> maybe that's just where we're at as a nation. Okay. Elite Eight rolling through, presented by Yard Barbers LLC. Number four. I wonder, Brian, have, am I doing good so far? Let me know. Number four, the Miami Dolphins. I wanted to put them higher to a degree, but I think this is fair. Uh, just for the fact that the defense is... Improvement is a fantastic, uh, and that I'm okay with, and I think they'll be fine. I want to continue to see what they do defensively against teams that have more punch. You know what I'm saying? I do think they'll be f they should do well against the Broncos. I think Vic will be able to dial some stuff up against them defensively, but the Patriots, with what they do. Uh, we were just able, I think we're, they're more suited for us to kind of shut down. So I want to see certain matchups, how we fare against them. Um, here we go. He's so far. He said, thumbs up, Brian. Uh, so, so far, so good. Number four, the dolphins. Like I said, I will say this, their offense is great. Two is dialed it, dialing it in for those who missed last night. I basically called when I, like I told the, the world, that I was talking to Danny during the game or during the day. And I said, listen, two is going to have 270 ish yards touchdown or two. He'll throw a bad pick. He'll throw a dumb pick probably. And we'll win, but everyone will be like, Oh wow. He went from 470 to 270 yards. He stinks. Like, no, that's just how the Patriots play us. And that's exactly what happened. I almost called the game perfectly. He threw for 250, a touchdown, a bad pick where he just kind of, Ran out of club, which is what he does every now and then. <laughs> and uh, listen, man, the, the the Miami Dolphins are the NFL's version of the seven seconds or less Suns. The ball gets snapped, and they are pushing it. They are getting to spots with speed, 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 and more speed. And Tua is an elite point guard. He is just getting the guys out open on the wing on the break. He is throwing lobs from half court, you know, every now and then, you know, is that they just, you can't make mistakes against them and the Patriots are well coached enough and they have enough really good players to where they aren't going to make those mistakes. So that was where the difference is in, you know, them having an explosive game compared to the game they had against the Chargers. I am going to be interested to see what they do against the Broncos because the Broncos defense has been bad. Sertan is really good, but uh, yeah, they. I think there's a world where they carve them up, and I'm interested to see how that uh, how that game goes. Brian says to MVP. He, we talked about it last night. He's the favorite right now, and I get it. Uh, would I still pick him to win it, or would I pick him to win it right now? <sighs> I mean, if you were giving the award out today, yes, but there is a world where if he actually does stay healthy all season um, and they go 12 and 5, his numbers are going to be disgustingly good. So I don't think I, it's not crazy, even though it sounds crazy, but it's not like out of this world. Number three, the Chiefs. Um, I think I had them at five or six last week. The offense still looks. A little rough, and I think eventually they'll figure it out. You know, that time, the, the eventually part will be the trade deadline when they trade for, you know, Mike Evans or they trade for, uh, 
who's a player on a bad team? They trade for like Hollywood Brown, or they trade for like um they trade for uh who else? Who else could they trade for? They're gonna call the Patriots to get Juju back. That'd be funny. Probably not. Um so yeah, they they'll they'll do something. They will do something. But uh and that's really kind of all they need. Other than that, I think Kelsey will look better. He's going to look slow for a few weeks because if the injury is as bad as it sounded like it was, I'm kind of shocked that they uh, that they are rolling him out there already. I, I think it's – I'm not going to say it's reckless, but it is shocking <laughs> that they're just – they're okay with doing it. Uh, if it was his, if people, I thought I heard somebody say like people thought he was going to break his leg. Um, so the fact that they're just rolling him out there already, he clearly does not look right. So I am a little shocked that they are just, that they're okay with rolling him out there right now, but we'll see. He'll be fine. Eventually the, the biggest story for them though, let's not bury the lead here, even though I just did. Their defense is elite, man. My God. Uh, look, that's what happens when you have a genius, when you have a good GM and a good competent run office and you draft good players, man. They have guys everywhere. Like their D-line's great. Karloftis is coming along. Chris Jones is back. And wow, turns out he's pretty important. Um, Nick Bolton, I've not done a, I've done a 180 on him. I think he's a legit player. Uh, their DBs, Trent McDuffie's amazing. Um, Reed is solid. The other dude, number six, he's played well, even though he got dinged, I think, on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> ah, boy, Brian, way to be. They the the Chiefs' defense is elite. They are one of the five best. I can confidently say they're one of the five best units in the league. Now, again, they are going to be prone to get burned. Uh, by teams like, God forbid, the Bengals can get right, the Dolphins probably, among others. The Jags weren't able to get to, to because they're just not in that rhythm yet. But team, but they are still going to be prone to just have T be able to get beat vertically. I think because of the style that they play, they're going to blitz. They're going to man. They're they're going to you know put play a lot of man, and they're just kind of new. They have a lot of corners and DBs that are just notorious to get dunked on. McDuffie, I love, but he's not really going to be a man outside guy. He's a slot and he's a thumper. Uh, but their defense is the real deal. Holyfield, man, it's that that's the thing that's been the most impressive because they played two of the best units of, on the offensive side of the ball in the league through two weeks, and they've looked damn good. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers, which means a certain fan base hold your water because you know who number one is. Uh, the Niners are fine. Their defense is great, though. They got carved up a bit by the Rams. Uh, which shout out to the Rams. We'll maybe we'll probably talk more about them next week. Well, I mean, yeah, we will talk more about them next week. They play the Bengals, so we'll talk about them on Monday night. Um, shout out to the Rams just for the fact that you know McVay is showing that he's still he's still legit, and Stafford's been amazing. The Niners had to you know had to go through hell, but they just kind of. They found ways. They they schemed stuff up on defense. Purdy missed some throws. Uh, that are that's you know he's gonna have that. I think the margins are pretty thin between them and the number one team. But I do think that the the, the fastball for the team that's won is just a little bit faster than theirs. And that right now is the Dallas Cowboys. I can't. I've I have gone full, not even three sixty, not seven twenty, maybe even nine hundred is not the right way to say it. Because I came into this season saying I am not going to buy into them until they show me, and they beat the Giants and the Jets, and I don't think that's going to mean much in about a month or two, but. Here's what they've also done. They've showed me they have the best defense in the league. Like, it's not debatable. 
Micah Parsons, by the end of the year, we're going to be asking if he should A, get MVP votes, and B, if he's the best player in football. And right now, the best player in football is the greatest football player of all time in Patrick Mahomes. Parsons is insane. I haven't seen a dude like, I mean, listen, Donald's a freak and he wrecks plays, but I haven't seen a dude like this just, ab like, I don't know, I can't even think of the last time that I've seen a guy wreck games like this. Like, I saw, I've seen, like, this is like, think of prime Von Miller. Think of prime Khalil Mack. Think of, I mean, you could think of, like, Ray Lewis in his heyday. Like, the stuff that he does from, like, the play he made that if it wasn't for him just nudging the tackle for the Jets, he they run a sweep to the left side of the formation with uh, Dalvin Cook. The Dallas defense strings it out. Parsons, from the back side, he lines up on the side of the right tackle, the left defensive end. He comes from the backside, runs it down at the line of scrimmage, by the way. Runs it down, rips the ball out, and then picks it up and goes and scores. Like, brother, are you kidding? Uh, he wrecks multiple plays a game. He is due, it seems at this point, to have one play a night that completely changes the axis of a game. Some, I, I was listening to Cowherd and Middlecoff last night, and man... Those two are a delight to close an NFL Sunday. I really do mean that. They set on their schedule. Like, they're going to win 13, 14 games alone on the fact that to beat this defense is long hell, always with health permitting, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But to beat this defense, you have to have either one of the best quarterbacks in the league or, like, like one of the elite elite groups. Like, that's the only way you can definitely feel like you have a chance. One of the next group of guys you feel like you could if you have like a perfect game. So like you have to have like uh cyst like you have to have like Mahomes, a Hertz, a Lamar, a Burrow, an Allen, uh, a Herbert. I would put two in that conversation right now because like that type of system, a Purdy with the Niners. Uh, Purdy's not one of those top elite guys, but they have the system. You have to have those type of requisites. So they play at the end of the year. Like, here's the thing. The, these are some of the teams on their schedule. They play the Cardinals next week. Uh, week four, they play the Patriots. I think the Patriots, they could ragdoll because their offense is terrible. Um, the end of, or the middle of November, they play the Giants and the Panthers and the Commanders back to back to back. Then they play the Seahawks as well. Those are games that they all could just massacre. Uh, they play the Commanders to end the year. Like, if you don't have a style that can show up to a bar fight and just absolutely get in the absolute, like, you have to know it's going to, it's like playing, it's like fighting against an elite boxer or an elite MMA guy. You know you're about to go through hell, but you, you have to just kind of find a way to stay in the fight. Their defense is so damn good, and it, and it's not it do, it's been getting turnovers, but it's not like they're they're forcing turnovers too. Like it's it's insane, it's insane how good their defensive defensive unit is. Um, getting Gilmore was such a huge deal because it gave them a legitimate corner back too. We already know how we feel about Trevon Diggs; he's an All Pro. Malik Hooker like has turned into the guy that was Ohio State. Like that was at Ohio State. We I remember him being at Ohio State thinking he was going to be a legit pro. Got drafted by the Colts. He was awful. Now he's on the Cowboys. He was got washed and got picked up by the Cowboys for pennies on the dollar. And now he's making plays again. Their linebackers are solid. Their D line depth is immaculate. And then they have the biggest defensive force multiplier since now granted it was two years ago but the Andy Aaron Dalt the Aaron Donald Super Bowl since like Von Miller Khalil Mack these are short list dudes on an all-time scale that Micah Parsons is putting himself with and I haven't even talked about the offense and the the offense has been efficient it's not blowing your socks off it just has like 
So far, Dak hasn't made any mistakes. And to win the big games, that's all he's got to do. All Dak has to do is not give the ball away. And this team's going to win 13, 14 games and maybe the Super Bowl because they have the best defensive player in the league in Parsons. They have the best defensive unit as a whole. They make game-changing plays on a, on a positive basis. They're going to give them plus fields. They're going to get scores. Like, this isn't just some random team that's average. Like, this isn't like the Steelers this year. Like, tonight, they had two defensive scores to win. This this isn't like the Bears when the Bears had some good teams where, like, think of the 2018 Bears where their defense was just going insane with turnovers and sacks and whatnot. This Cowboys defense is fantastic and will shut you down. Their offense also brings it as well. Their offense isn't going to be, you know, probably won't be like a top 10 unit, but they won't need to be because the as long as they just don't do any, as long as they just don't give the ball away, the defense is going to thrive uh, all year. It's, I'm, I cannot wait to, I, I cannot wait to see exactly how this evolves and, and, and like how this continues to grow throughout the year because it's, 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 it's good. It's really good, man. So that's the list. I balked on the Cowboys. I said I wouldn't put them up. I said I wouldn't believe in them or believe in them. And they're one. Two weeks in, they're number one. Oh, well. Here's the top eight. Cowboys, one. Niners, two. Chiefs, three. Dolphins, four. Eagles, five. Lions, six. Ravens, seven. And the Jaguars at eight. Uh, if I had to go, like, who's right after these guys, that group, probably I would say the Falcons, the Rams, the Seahawks. That would probably be a trio. The Bengals are somewhere in there, even though they're 0-2. The Browns would have been in there if they would have won tonight, um, but they did not. So my faith in, for them has dissipated. But, yeah. That's the Elite Eight. This uh, presented by Yard Barbers, LLC. We will take one last break, and we will come back to wrap things up. This is the Educated Ignorance Podcast on the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network. For Frequency's sake, has you covered on all things sports. From the squared circle to the hardwood and the gridiron to the speedway, we've got something for everyone. Walk down the aisle with the boys from Cards Subject to Change every Sunday as they take a deep dive into everything pro wrestling. Need your gambling fix? We've got you there. Enter Pit Row with Rod Gomez and Fast Money as we win the checkered flag with NASCAR, Xfinity, and truck race winners and props. Football more your style? Explore the waters of NFL DFS with DFS Deep Dive with Brian Craighead and Jordan Kernan each week. More into the science portion of the game? We've got a double dose of action there. The Professor John Bush and Dennis Michelson take you into their science lab and dissect your week in the data lab. Want an analytical take? Nick Gurl and the team at Gridiron AI come to you each week with The Lab. Need to know who to start last minute? The network's flagship show for fantasy sake is here in a pinch. The fellas come to you live every football Sunday from 10 to 1130 Central with the week's best DFS, gambling, and lineup advice. And wrap up your Sundays with Joe Winkle and Nick Brinks as they come to you live with educated ignorance looking at all the day's action. Can't get enough of Joe? He comes to you three times a week. Not enough football on Sunday? Not a problem. Kick your feet up at lunch on Monday and slip on into the football lounge with Dan and Mark while they look at the week that was in news, notes, and more. For frequency's sake, you know what we mean. you darn right you know what we mean. Shout out to everybody that's been putting in work. Shout out to the football lounge, putting out some good content today. My boy Dan with the, the golden ticket, going over some gambling stuff. Uh, our Sinister Six this weekend at 2-4. and four. Which means, guess what, folks? We're back to 500. Um, so, oh, well, you can't win them all. You certainly can't in the world of gambling. And uh, we're back to 500 on the year with, uh, but we are undefeated. We need, we're just going to lace, we're just going to lay a Monday nighter every week and see if we can stay hot. We are undefeated on Monday nights. We've had Duke plus 13 in college football week one. They won outright. We had the Jets plus two and a half. They won outright. And we had the Steelers tonight 
plus two and a half, and they won outright. The Monday nighters are hot, man. So we'll see. We'll see. Do I dare take the do I dare take the Bengals to again next week? Or do I fade them? That line's down to two and a half. Or down to two. Um Do I do uh, I hope people bet the Bucks this week? Because if that line gets close to four, I will take the Eagles and not think twice about it. This is this this sinister six week might be a lot of points being laid. Um all right, I will say this again for this week. I don't know if we're gonna be on for the after the Thursday night game. Probably not. Uh so catch us. We'll have a Facebook post to post the Sinister Six picks again, kind of like we did last week. We won't do it from a car this time, but you know, you'll see it when, when we're ready. Uh otherwise. Thank you very much for hanging out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thanks for doing all the stuff with us. We appreciate it all. Uh, this has been, of course, as always, the Educated Ignorance Podcast. It says it up here, and you know it. If you ain't got your game, you best pass the sticks. We will see you all. Uh, we'll be back here on the live shows on Sunday next week. Until then, I've enjoyed the show. Thank you to our sponsors, Durham Remodeling, uh, Ryan Allison Tattoo, and, of course, Yard Barbers LSC for our Elite Eight. Until next time, we will be back then uh, next Sunday for our live show. We will see you guys next week. We are out. Peace.